Welcome back to Halford Bruff here, Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd, Thomas Strands filling in for Halford and Bruff. The show is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling. They recycle, you get paid, 1170 Powell Street. Also brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. And we are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet. What are you waiting for? A-Dog finds a version, a musical, an instrumental version of We Wish You a Merry Christmas that doesn't only feature a harp, but also a piccolo. It's a, a lovely or orchestral version. Whew. It's all about points percentage. It's <laughs> all about points percentage. It's all about points percentage. Okay, okay. That means not in France. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Christmas <All> is right. <laughs> ruined. <laughs> it's canceled. <laughs> we will... Uh, <laughs> Christmas is canceled. We will uh, we'll do the whiteboard in this segment. Uh, but first, before we do that, now joining us from AJ's Pizza, he is uh, AJ. The man, the legend. Yeah. AJ, what's going on, man? Good morning. So, so I, I figure this is my early Christmas present, getting the 18th this morning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas to you, getting to I'm chat with us, Bozos. <laughs> Right, right. I'm just hoping Bruff and Halford don't listen to the show, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> you, so, this is if they're on vacation, they're not listening. So this is your chance to get anything off your chest that you want to say about them. <laughs> no, it's all good. They're great. They're great. Uh, so I know you're a Yankees fan, AJ. And look, they do the Juan yes. Soto trade, but they're supposed to land this pitcher from Japan, Yamamoto, and instead he's going to the Dodgers. Uh, joining Shohei Otani, biggest contract ever for a pitcher, even though he hasn't thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball. This is the guy the Yankees used to sign. Why, why aren't they splashing the money around like this uh, anymore? I don't know, but you know what? I, I hadn't asked anything for us, and that's Ooh. are the Dodgers the most hated team in all of sport? Right? I don't think I don't think they can compete with the Yankees, frankly. Like I think it's still <laughs> got to be the Yankees, right? It, I, 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 I feel like they need to have more sustained postseason success before they take the like evil empire title from the Yankees. And I think it's tough. Right, no, and I get yeah. that. Right. And, and and that's the thing, right? On paper for the last ten years what a big one. One World Series. One yeah. World Series. Yeah. And it was in right. this in and it was the one that like, you know, we can put an asterisk on. You know what like, I Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if if right. you root against the Dodgers, you still have ammunition. Whereas right, back in the day you had none. On it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the other, there is. the other thing is like one, everyone loves Shohei. You know what I mean? So I don't think there's too much hate. It's like, yeah, he went to the Dodgers, but he's great. We love him. Nobody knows the Yamamoto because he hasn't pitched here yet. But true. if they spend a billion dollars on these guys and then they win, you know, three of the next four World Series. Yeah. People are going to hate the Dodgers in a hurry. I think yeah. you're right about that. They will. You could combine the Blue Jays and the Red Sox for me right now because you know, obviously, as we all know, I don't really like either yes. team. It's not, it's not even like close. <laughs> so, that's just jealousy at its at its finest. I think it's the Yankees, probably the Cowboys, the Pats. It used to be, but now they're off right with Brady leaving. So I don't think they're on uh, the top of the list. People like Mahomes. Yeah, people like Mahomes. So I don't know who is the most. That's a good question, uh, AJ. I like that. <laughs> who is the most hated team in professional sports right now? We, I don't think we have like an evil empire. At the I moment, know. the way the Yankees used to be, they, and they and they and they deserve that title. That's okay. I can live with that. Hey, as a, as a New York guy, what do you make of the Tommy DeVito in the New York Giants? 
Oh, I mean, I, I, you know, last week when, when I was on the, when I was on the show, I said, I mean, it's, it's the best thing, you know, it's the fun thing in sport, right? Yeah. Mm. I think it's amazing. You know, you know, it's, it, we, we get some, so caught up, I think so many times with, with things that aren't, it's just fun. I don't know whether it lasts or whether it doesn't, but I mean, it's hysterical. Did His you see- agent got fired, but then he's back. I don't even. <laughs> 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 right, right, I don't know. <laughs> that, that agent's amazing. Did you see that he trademarked the phrase Tommy Cutlets and then also trademarked a phrase that I'd never heard before, passing Paisano? <laughs> that, that's just typical New Yorker, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's got typical New Yorker. It's his 15 minutes in the spotlight. He's going to make a buck off of it, right? That's, 100%. That's, that's the there's way to go. Being, there's thousands and millions of T-shirts being printed right now. Absolutely. Uh, tell us yeah. about what's going on at the at the restaurant these days. I mean, it's Christmas. I'm I'm guessing it's busy. Lots of people getting yeah, their pies in before the holidays. Busy. Totally. And and you know what? I mean, we're we're open. Obviously, open all weekend. We got NFL tomorrow. We got we got uh, Canucks last game right on on Saturday night, and then. Uh, we're open Christmas Eve until kind of, you know, until kind of it starts to slow down, mm-hmm. uh, close Christmas, and then right back at a Boxing Day. So, awesome, AJ. Uh, yeah, just want to just want to tell the people because I, I go belly up and watch a lot of football games at uh, at your establishment. But I just want to make sure everyone knows about the uh, upside down bar pie. Get it yes. with get it with bacon and pepperoncini, and tell uh, tell AJ that I sent you. I love it. That's amazing. Uh, and AJ, That's I gotta amazing. say, since you've come on as a sponsor, like the quality of our uh, our work parties and our, our staff catering. parties is is <laughs> off the charts. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming yeah. on with us, and have a great holidays, man. Yeah, you guys too. Happy holidays. Take Thank care. you. That is Be AJ well. from uh, AJ's Brooklyn Pizza on uh, on East Broadway. And yeah, I love to. I I'm love, not joking about that. Like, no, a huge I, upgrade on our on our food situation here. I, I love to be able to hawk like a product that I legitimately use all the time. Mm. You know, like I. I I go to AJ's once a week. That was a, I know we were so excited when they announced that it was. Oh. They, when, when, once they announced that AJ's coming out, I was like, "Well, this is the best pizza in the city already." So the yeah, thing this I is like, like the uh, easiest thing to do ever. The thing <laughs> I like about AJ's too is that you have the whole range of like thinness of pizza, like the bar right. pie, like wafer thin. Well, the the first Detroit slice, Ronnie man, it's all about. The, I mean, it's Detroit Ronnie. The, I, mean, yeah. I call it Detroit Ronnie. It's the best. The, the first slice that Jamie had of bar pie when we had the um, yeah. the work party in, er, in earlier this month. Uh, he he was like, I could eat a limitless amount of yeah. this. I was like, I could eat. I'm gonna eat like eight more of these pizzas myself because it's so thin. It's so nice. I was it's, like, oh, this is incredible. And it's then you the have like bar snack, right? Yeah, like it's amazing. And then you have like your kind of normal pizzas and uh, your standard pizzas. And then you have like the Detroit style or the Sicilian style. But the Detroit style is where you get like jumbo, yeah. which is yeah. like well, that's tough. I can like eat one of these. Yeah, and then I need to sit down. I know. After like two slices, I'm like, okay, well that's a meal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my, uh, my my routine my routine is bar pie for the first half of the football game right mm-hmm. midway midway through the second quarter you get one of the mini detroits so you oh. get the mini detroit which only has like the four slices it's okay. like a it's like a more reasonable detroit um detroit size pie to split with two people and i eat one piece and i bring the second home for my wife and usually dimitri does the same <laughs> Explain explain the bar pie. So it's like super thin. Is that what super it is? Super thin, and it's cut in squares despite yeah. being round. So it's like little slices, and it's just kind of almost <laughs> like <laughs> a slices. like a s- snack that you share with people. Almost. Yeah, try we had that at the kids' table for the work party. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I think it we ordered. I think All we ordered the producers like, sitting together at the kids' table. I think we ordered like three. I think we ordered. Three we ordered a lot. Well, we ordered Jamie them, was, and they came to your table. Because I was just right. crushing it. 
<laughs> yeah, no, because Jamie was like, "There's keep them coming. <laughs> I was vacuuming them in as quickly <laughs> as I could. We need more bar pie over here. <laughs> Jamie's bar pie percentage was first in the Off company. Off the charts. Off the charts. What's Jamie's BPP at? And then I had one slice of Detroit. I was like, and I'm done for the night. Good suggestion from the inbox. The Toronto Maple Leafs are the most hated franchise. Oh, easily. In Canada. I, but I'm talking about, like, the North, the kind of global North American, I, I, you know? I I do think, though, like, the Leafs are so prominently hated by hockey fans in a way that I don't think other, like, I don't think the Cowboys inspire that. The Cowboys aren't, we all know that the Cowboys are going to, like, blow yeah. blow it in but a hilarious that, that's way. That's Hot take. the same with the Leafs, though. Hot take here. It might be, it might be a college team. It could be like Duke basketball. Or it, yeah. might be, it might be Alabama. Duke? No, I don't. But people like Duke basketball. Like people, yeah. I love Duke. And oh, people, man. how can anyone? Hate, I love oh. Duke. How can anyone hate Duke now? Though, like Kyle Filipowski, it's like, yeah, whatever. Do, like, do, like, do the Cowboys seat. in the states though get the same level of coverage compared to the other NFL teams yes. that, that like the Leafs do? Yes, yes. yes. Tampa. Yes. Oh, yes. Is it like a comparable? Yes. Oh yeah. Well, then you could definitely say that. Yeah. Okay, well the Cowboys probably are actually are right good, up there. It's then. a good comparison because you know the Leafs get the coverage and then fall flat on their face. Yeah, so we all in know. A similar Imagine if fan, people were calling the Leafs Canada's team. They do. They call the Cowboys uh, American. Like, that's crazy. People, yeah. call people, which, people call whichever Canadian right, team is not, last standing Canada's. But team. they don't call. But they don't say it as the, the Leafs or that as like a matter of course in the regular exactly. season, the, like the, they do with the Cowboys. The worst part about the Canada's team thing, by the way, is that like for casual fans, it's kind of true. The Canada's team thing. Oh, 100 percent, it is. Yeah. People get on the bandwagon. All the 100%. time. It's yeah. just it, but hardcore ho- hardcore hockey fans and hardcore fans of individual Canadian teams like. If if the Canucks aren't going to be the first Canadian team to win the Cup since 1993, then you want any other team to win the Cup that's not based in Canada, right? Like, that's how, right. that's how Canucks yeah. fans are wired. That's how Canadian hockey fans are wired. Uh, I think you might be right about Duke, though. That's That might be, I think it's for me, it's Duke and the Yankees are the yeah. two teams I have the most, like, visceral negative reaction. I think you are, about. I think you guys are massively overrating how, like, relevant Duke is, um... At the moment, in terms of like, I just they're not good. They're not like yeah, a, but you don't wa- you don't you don't erase blue blood. you don't erase decades of annoying dukeness with a few down seasons. I, I just I honestly I think it's I think it's Bama. I think it's Bama. I don't SEC think people, football. I don't think people hate Bama though. No, they kind of like they oh, like they like fear them, mm-hmm. but there's kind of a grudging respect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, ch- did you see that Charles Barkley said well, he wouldn't? Well, root? but he's but he's from Auburn. He went to Auburn. I know, yeah. but he said he wouldn't root for Bama even if Crimson Tide played Afghanistan. <laughs> oh my god, it was amazing. But he's went to the rival school. Of course, he thinks that. I know, but I'm. I mean, Bama. Like, no one wants to see Bama win. They are. They're what Duke used to be. They still have Saban. Coach K is gone. You know what I mean? Like, Duke doesn't have the same. Dun, 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 like they don't have that same buzz without Coach K. Uh, what about Notre Dame? Somebody texted football. Yeah, that's more like Leafs and Dallas, where it's like yeah, the coverage high. completely outstrips their Ch- choking relevancy. is a thousand percent. Like yeah. to be to be what the Yankees were like in the late nineties, you have to win. You have to be like annoyingly likable. You have to have guys like Bernie Sanders and um and Bernie Derek Sanders, <laughs> Bernie Williams, Bernie Williams. Oh my God! <laughs> wow, the dual threat. <laughs> <laughs> <Dual China. laughs> you know, Bernie Sanders, multi, multi-talented. Bernie Sanders threw a mean fastball. Uh, he was an elite athlete be, in be, his day. Switch, be, be, he, he was a switch hitter, but then he started hitting only from the far left. From the left side. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bernie Williams. My goodness. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> Who could forget? Legend. Who could forget Yankees legend Bernie Sanders? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's Ask Us Anything Friday, so send them in. We'll do an abbreviated edition of the whiteboard here because uh, we've got the Moj coming up at 730. So let's do it. Let's do the whiteboard here on Health and Rock. All right, now, fellas. Hey, let's focus up, huh? Your daily deep dive into what's up with the Canucks for December 22nd. Last whiteboard uh, of the calendar year. Headlines for today. Stars beat the Canucks 4-3 in overtime. Eight-game point streak, however, for the Canucks. And they finish with six out of eight games. Uh, six out of eight points, I should say, on this road trip. Come home to face the Sharks for their final pre-Christmas game tomorrow on Saturday, big takeaway. I'm, we're not going to get into the standings thing as uh, as we discussed, although they are first place in the Western Conference. The other big takeaway takeaway for me from that game, Drancer, from a Canucks perspective, was the third line continues to cook. Connor Garland scores a goal. Dakota Joshua scores. Uh, both pick up points on the goals on the other goals as well. And uh, Dakota Joshua was just kind of a bull last night as well. Drawn that penalty. That continues to be the five on five bright spot for the Canucks right now. The Garland line was, uh, and uh, sorry, Ray, but the Garland line was incredible <laughs> last night. Um, with Garland on the ice, the Canucks last night, nine shots for, three against, yeah, uh, with two goals for. I mean, really a, a pretty dominant showing, booing a team that I really thought was behind the eight ball almost all night. Like, other than for about a five-minute stretch after they scored the 2-2 goal, and, and I'd say like a maybe a four or five shift stretch before Garland made it three, two. I thought the Canucks were on the he their heels all evening with the exception of that third line, uh, which really carried the Canucks on this impressive two Oh two road trip. Right. I mean, yep. I, I do feel like this second win streak that the Canucks have now gotten on right before Christmas, you know, they have the one early in the season. They have a month of 500 hockey and now they're on another one. You know, we we've talked about the Canucks strengths, right? Power play, goaltending, forward depth, um, star, talent. star, star talent. Like this r recent run is being driven by the goalies and by the forward depth. Like this third line is cooking and they were cooking for months, by the way. Yeah. People will say things like this line wasn't in the, like, looking like this early in the area. Yeah, they were, they just, everything was getting stopped and now they're getting rewarded for all the chances they've generated all year long. Yeah. It's kind of wild to think that like it was only, it wasn't even the beginning of the season, but it was oh, like December three 7th. weeks ago yeah. that people were like, oh, what What are they going to do with Connor Garland? And it's like, I don't know, keep playing him in the role he's playing where he's doing really well. <laughs> that seems like a good idea. Garland is their five-on-five -five engine, their best five-on-five -five engine going by a lot, by a lot. And, you know, uh, one thing I'm getting a little concerned about, like we need to see more from the top six, not in terms of goals, not in terms of production. I mean, we saw a sick drop pass mm -hmm. snipe goal from the Canucks uh, to take that to to tie it 2-2 but the you know the 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 bevy of chances the level of control I mean you saw it from Dallas all night long they lived below the Canucks hash marks that game was played in Vancouver's end below the hash marks um, we're just not seeing enough of that from Vancouver's yeah. top six Dallas is a good team uh, I know you're lower on the stars but I'm still impressed with them pretty much every time I watch them or for the most part and Look, I think your quibble is not that they're a bad team. It's like, no. are they a top five or six team I in did, the league, right? I just don't think they're in the same weight class as Colorado, Vegas. You know, like the yeah. the, the the top of the top. And I, I think they get lumped in there because they made it. They've they've been deep into the playoffs mm -hmm. a couple times with like Anton Hadobin sporting a 940. But, um, but I just don't think they're like a, a cup threat. 
So that's the headline for today to the broadsheet and the rumors around the Canucks. And I, I was waiting. Pretty, pretty busy segment here. Yeah, I was waiting for some additional reporting updates on the Andre Kuzmenko situation. And we got them yesterday. I want to play a clip from Elliot Friedman on the Jeff Merrick show yesterday on the Sportsnet Radio Network talking about the latest surrounding Andre Kuzmenko here. You know, when it comes to Kuzmenko, you know, the the, the thing that I think here is that Look, teams know what's going on. Like this guy can score. Mm-hmm. He's not scoring right now, and this is not a league where you can have afford to have a guy making five and a half million on your fourth line and playing eleven, twelve minutes. So what I think you've got here is Vancouver's basically said everybody can see the situation. What does anyone want to do about it? And. You know, I, I saw some quotes from the agent, uh, Dan Milstein, yesterday, uh, basically saying that it's fine, we're working on it, and I'm, I'm curious to see if he's in Dallas tonight playing. Um, so, like, they're not throwing gasoline on the fire, but it's one of those things. It's like, you know, in some ways it's like Tyson Berry. Like, I don't think that Kuzmenko's asked for a trade or anything or received permission to talk to teams like Barry did, but it's kind of one of those situations where – Everybody knows what's going on out there. You want to do something about it, you know my phone number. So that's Elliot Friedman yesterday on the Jeff Merrick Show, and that is a pretty significant update to me, Dranzer. Like comparing it to the Tyson Berry situation, although noting it's different because there hasn't been a trade request or permission or anything like that, but that's a situation where everyone knows the team is looking to trade the player. And so if you're comparing it to that situation and saying, hey, yeah, if you want to do business, you know my number, that's a lot different than oh, man, are we going to have to think about trading this guy? Like, that's it's a live possibility at this point. Sometimes you have to read between the lines, right? Like, sometimes yep. the absence of information is extremely telling information. And the day that Kuzmenko was scratched against against Nashville and you were out sick, I, you know, my, the whiteboard segment was no update on Kuzmenko from anyone, but I'd expect we have one tomorrow. Yep. And then you came back and we did the whiteboard on Wednesday. And what did we have? No update. No update. Yep. And that, to me... Was was like a very telling sign that, in fact, the absence of information here, the fact that no one's out front really fighting fires here, mm. really making sure to be proactive uh, about like, hey, we're all working together. Hey, we're going to make this work. Now, obviously, Milstein did eventually uh, drop a quote. I think it was Joshua Griffith. Joshua right? Griffith, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the fact is, is that um, the fact is, is that I read a lot into that absence of information and, I mean, on Wednesday. I, you know, even before any of these reports, I think I said on Wednesday that the second healthy scratch for two games, come back into the lineup, and then being taken back out of the lineup felt, felt like a bit of a turning point yes. in this scenario where, okay, maybe he's, it's not a guarantee that he's going to be traded, but the needle has to start moving a lot in that direction. And Satyar Shah on Canuck Central echoed that. We don't have the clip, but Sat basically said on Canuck Central yesterday you know, there's enough buzz out there from Sat's perspective that he's gone from being skeptical that Kuzmenko is going to be traded to now maybe saying like 60% chance he gets traded, 40% chance he stays. And that feels about right, right? Like this has been enough of a turning point where I think it's fair to say that it feels, not that it's a guarantee by any stretch, that it feels more likely than not that the player could be on the move. It it certainly feels less tenable now than it did two weeks ago. I'm still not going to be surprised if we see Kuzmenko get thrown back in the lineup put on Pedersen's wing again and has 13 points in nine games while people tweet at me that I was an idiot for suggesting he should be traded at the deadline last year. (laughs) Anyway, um, I also want to bring up 
Pierre Lebrun has a new uh, article up at The Athletic uh, talking about Pedersen contract talks to kickstart is sort of the subhead. So go check that out. Basically, he says Pedersen is still not in a rush to begin extension talks with the Canucks. Um, and then notes that um, his colleague Darren Dreger reported that the situation should change in the new year. He says J.P. Barry, the veteran agent for Pedersen, will walk his client through the contract options that make sense before officially engaging with the Canucks. There's no hurry to get it done as Pedersen is a pending restricted free agent. You know how we feel about the pending restricted free mm-hmm. agent line. But the Canucks are obviously eager to get that process started. Finally, maybe some hope that Pedersen's side will be as well come January. Something to monitor going into the new year for sure with that one. That's the uh, the rumor report on the broadsheet for the whiteboard. Lineup notes, travel day, nothing to mention there. Roster freeze as well. We'll see what the lineup brings against the Sharks tomorrow. Playoff forecast for the Canucks actually ticked down a percent per Dom's model uh, to 96. A devastating drop to 96% uh, chance to Cal- make the playoffs. Calgary won. Yeah. Edmonton won. Edmonton won. Yeah. And, uh, but and, the, and I think the way to think of this too is like it's so much less about the Canucks, and it's about mm. like and it's about like a correlation of preposterous circumstances that would have to occur for the Canucks to miss the playoffs. Like that's they're so likely, yeah. to make the playoffs that you have to think about it in terms of like what are the like correlated circumstances that would have to occur. For, for them to miss. So, yep. so so it's something like the Flames play at 120 point pace and the Oilers do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so so if both teams win and Vancouver drops a point, like th- those are the things that are going to cause the model to move a little bit. Which is it, But the interesting thing is they tick down ever so slightly in the playoff percentage. But and because yet, Vegas loses and they pick up a point, their chances up. to win the division go up. Exactly. So up to a 24% chance, basically a one in four shot to win the division, which. Again, if you, if you offered Canucks fans that uh, a couple months ago, they all would have taken it. Quickly, uh, betting odds, and then we'll go to break. Yeah, just want to note that um, the Rocket Richard is really congealing around Austin Matthews. Besser mm. was up to 12-1 to 1 earlier this week. He's now down to 16-1, to 1, and Austin Matthews is even money to win the scoring lead. I also want to note division odds, pl- Vegas plus 130, LA plus 170, Vancouver plus 225. Uh, so that's up from plus 300, but... Also, a pretty clear tier emerging with Vancouver sort of trailing the two teams that it's currently leading. First place team in the Pacific, baby. That's your that's your uh, whiteboard today. That is the whiteboard for today. I want to call it white towel. That's the most Ooh. that's the most like Vancouver thing I've yeah. ever done. Uh, the uh, the Moj joins us next here on Halford and Bruff Sportsnet six fifty. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, here we go. It's the Moj. I did not eat four burgers. Yes, it's the Moj. <laughs> I don't want to go to Winnipeg. Nobody wants to go to Winnipeg. Yes, I love food. It's the Moj. I went online and kind of did a little surfing. Jamalaya. Yes, it's the Moj. Halford's fine, but, you know, Brock is just grumpy all the time. Moj, 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 Moj. It's the Moj, 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 Moj,
we wrote this show cannot possibly not have played that song. No, so we had to get it. The subtle harmonization. I thought you'd like the, that on the Moj 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 Moj. Yeah. It's also the lyrical genius. A dog was tr- truly in his bag. Back, was, I did release the lyric sheet when I first came out two months ago, and I actually just typed it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> like, like, the, like the karaoke. Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. I, I, mean, I leaned into the absurdity of it all. Truly brilliant. Uh, it is Halford and Bruff here, Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd, Thomas Drance filling in for Halford and Bruff. Uh, the show brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers experience. Sorry, Acura dealer today. This hour of Alfred and Bruff is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling. They recycle. You get paid. 1170 Powell Street. Uh, and as you heard, based from the music there, we are now very pleased to be joined by Bob the Moj Marjanovic. He is a presentation of the Clayton Public House. Moj, what's going on, man? Well, first off, in terms of intros, um, Private Drancer still takes the cake. Like, I mean, I don't know what's happened to it, if it's still utilized. It's licensed music mode. We can't play it anymore. We're, uh, not, we're not allowed to play licensed music. I that's know. just uh, those people. But, I mean, Bruff I singing Private Drancer, um, to me, is probably one of the best intros of all time. Sorry, what about Another you? Time. Remember when you sang it? Yeah. I was not in the, as good as Bruff, though. I was in the airport. I lost my mind. And quickly, t- and quickly, I was literally, I was listening through the airport. You started singing Private Drancer. I lost my mind, and I texted you to say that you had the vocal stylings of a, of an old Leonard Cohen. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's only, actually, there's only two songs that I can sing to. New York, New York. Like, if I'm doing karaoke, I'll okay. kill New York, New York, and So Far Away From Me by Dire Straits. Other mm. than that, I'm... Not good. I, I tried the House of the Rising Sun one time. Yeah. I was going to suggest uh, that to you. I literally was you about do. to jump in and be like, yo, have you thought about doing House of the Rising Sun? No, because, I mean, talk about range. Oh, my God. I just got killed in that No, one. you just have to speak it. When Once it, like, goes, like, <laughs> high, you just have to. Honestly, Moj, the way to think about it is to think about it as, like, do it as you're doing a Richard Nixon impression. <laughs> and you'll be fine. You know, like. I'm not a crook. Hey, by the way, like, I know, like, during training camp, there was, like, I saw this stuff on social media. Who was, like, the king of karaoke? Like, in Victoria, they had all these, like, you know. It's always Chris Faber. Well, I could see Faber, right? I mean, he looks like, you know, big type of guy. Looks like he could be, like, you know, kind of a soprano. He's a straight-up entertainer, man. Like, he's got great, he's got great energy. Although, I will say, when we were in Penticton for the Young Stars Tournament, Faber dragged me, Brendan Batchelor, uh, and a bunch of us out to do karaoke, and Batch has game. Batch is a re- Batch is a very talented vocalist. Yeah. He's very he he can sing. He can sing. Also, we I can see. Can you see Batch like you know doing like doing a song like almost like play by play? Oh yeah, he's he. But was, Batch is an entertainer too. Like Batch, oh, no, yeah. Batch understands the theatrics and he can get into it. Well, so so we we go up. Faber does one. I do one. Batch does one, and we're sitting back down, and uh, and and. You know, this this nice girl comes up to the table and she's just like, how are you guys all so good at karaoke? <laughs> and we all just start dying laughing. Well, <laughs> Batch is an entertainer because, like, what's he do? Does he, like, walk up to a girl's table? Like, you know how the, you know, like a singer will walk up to, you know, a woman or whatever and start kind of almost like singing to her? Does he kind of do that? Uh, he, he definitely has the crooner instinct, no question. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. like I, you know, I, I mean, flat Google out. I watch out. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Bachelor's calls don't lie, and neither do his hips. Um, <laughs> all right. I was trying to figure out a way to describe it without getting an HR violation. Yes, indeed. Uh, okay. Hey, Moj, lots to get into with you today, beyond karaoke, even, if you can believe it. Uh, I wanted to ask, Nathan Rourke, going to the New England Patriots, what did you make of that move for the Canadian QB? Well, I think it's a positive move in the sense that there might be more of an opportunity there. I mean, obviously, Jones has had his issues this mm-hmm. year, and they've got other quarterbacks. So, for me, there's not as much stability at the position now. Conversely, um, you know, when you go to a team like that, there are issues, whether it's personnel, whether it's, you know, certain areas of weakness on the offense. Um, do they have the weapons that Jacksonville has? I don't think so. So, I mean, when he does go in there, will he be able to show his talents with the talent that's around him, right? But that's the old adage, right? I mean, the old Casey Printer's line from Hard Knocks, right? He goes, you got to make chicken, you know, chicken salad out of you know what. So, in this instance, that might be the case with Nathan Rourke. But I think it's a better opportunity for him. And the the issue that he's going to have, and everyone's saying, oh, you know, he can play this week, and maybe he'll play in a couple of weeks. In an interview with one of the uh, media members from Boston, I think it was Mike Rice, and the, the fact of the matter is, it's, it's basically football doesn't change from team to team. It really doesn't. I mean, yeah, there's going to be different things and maybe like different schematics, but for the most part, you don't reinvent the wheel. But what does get changed is the verbiage, right? And Rourke talked about that. Mm. He, he said, you know, most of the stuff's pretty much what kind of ran in Jacksonville, but it's called differently. So he has to learn that different language and once he does that that's when he'll have a handle on the offense and be ready to play what did you make of belichick's effusive praise for rourke productive (laughs) productive in preseason and uh canada typical belichick right i mean you know that's just belichick being belichick but here's something that's really crazy and been lucky enough to to talk to a few players that have played for for belichick they all like for the most part, I remember Christian Fourier, the old tight end that mm. played for the Patriots and the Seahawks. So the guy's got an unbelievable sense of humor. Like, he cracks the team up. I mean, for whatever reason, the Belichick that you see in front of the media is not the Belichick that you see in front of the Patriots when he talks to him in a locker room. Because, you know, you, you look at him, and I asked Robert Kraft this question one time. Hello, name drop. But one time in <laughs> a, a media availability session, at the Super Bowl, it's, what was it about Belichick that inspired you to hire him? Because the Belichick that we see, do you want to run through a wall for that guy? Right? No, not really. I don't want to run but, through. <laughs> I don't want to run through yeah, paper for that you guy. Got it. But I mean, the thing that he said about Belichick that really impressed him was his knowledge of economics and how it relates to football, and basically talking about the salary cap and all that. And that's what you've seen Belichick do over the course of all these years. Is you know he's just got players on the cheap that have been able to perform. Well, unfortunately, in the last few years, he hasn't been able to get any of those players in the cheap, and plus, you don't have Tom Brady, right? But but even when Brady was there, I mean, they did have some high-priced stars, but they were mainly at the end of their careers. They never really had any real Hall of Fame talent in their prime playing with the Patriots, right? I mean, Gronkowski's one, but other than that, who do you name, right? It's a, it's a good point. Well, I mean, Belichick was brilliant when everyone was fungible but it just feels like the drafting's been so bad now for so many years in a row and and i mean gonzalez looks great but ryland in the fourth come on man come on 
No, you're 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 bang on, and that's your lifeline in the National Football League yeah. is how you draft, right? I mean, probably more so than any sport. I I just I, I look at yeah. So they've really you know had their difficulties drafting the last few years, and you're seeing it. And and in combination with the fact that you don't have a guy like Tom Brady pulling the trigger, that you know hopefully can cover up some mistakes if you are having a team that just doesn't have the personnel like you have in the past. I want to ask you really quickly, so Rourke, you know. Behind Trevor Lawrence, it's sort of the season of the backup. Um, he ends up in Jacksonville, and, and there just is an opportunity there until he's claimed by the Patriots, and now Trevor Lawrence hasn't practiced all week. Uh, Bethard is going to start most likely, it seems, against Tampa Bay this weekend. Um, is Jacksonville going to regret not elevating this guy? Well, if he gets an opportunity to play and shines, yeah. I mean, but that, that's a big if, guys. I mean, the National Football League, it's so political in terms of the way it approaches its personnel, right? I mean, it's about meeting meeting certain parameters. If you're a linebacker, you got to be 6'3", you got to be 245, you got to run a 4'5". Four, four. If you don't meet those parameters, you're pretty much ignored, I mean, yeah, sometimes there are exceptions, but for the most part, 90% of the time, they always want you to meet these certain parameters. And it's, you know, you, you look at Nathan Rourke, he's not the biggest guy. He's not, you know, he doesn't have the most powerful arm. I mean, yeah, he's mobile, but here's the thing too. Like every year, there's another crop of 20 to 25 quarterbacks coming out of college, maybe even more that, you know, are, are trying out and, you know, have an opportunity to make a national football league team. So that's the other thing. So it's, it, there's always this push from behind and being an undrafted free agent, man, oh man, you want to talk about it. it it's extremely difficult to gain traction in the NFL because if you're basically taking a spot from someone who the team drafted, it's almost like they're admitting a mistake and, and NFL GMs don't like doing that. Go ahead. I just want to ask about the Seahawks, uh, especially in the wake of that Rams victory last night, right? So Stafford comes out, um, dominates the first half. They put it in cruise control in the second half, and they're now 8-7. and seven. Um, Seahawks have a bit of an easy schedule here, Moj, like probably facing Tannehill this weekend, two more winnable games. Uh, a, are we going to see three playoff teams potentially in the NFC out of the NFC West and and B, how do you like the Seahawks' chances in this well, I NFC like them race? A hell of a lot, I like them a hell of a lot more after that win against yeah, Philadelphia. No kidding. But you know, here, here's the key thing about that win against Philly. This team um, went through a murderer's row, and obviously mm-hmm. they had difficulty in that part of their schedule. But winning that game against Philadelphia gives this team so much confidence. And, you know, you'll hear coaches talking about it in every sport. It's a reference point, right? I mean, they had to drive the ball, what, 92 yards to win that football game, yep. and they did. And I think what that does, it gives that group, it gives them that reference point saying no matter what the situation is in a game, hey, we drove 92 yards in a minute and a half to win a game. We can get this done if we need a touchdown drive. So that's the big thing moving forward, the point of reference and the confidence that it gives the Seahawks for this stretch drive. And just a big boost because – this was a team that was like beaten up over the course of the last month with some of those games that they played and how they lost. Um, and then to win this game against Philly at the end of this murderer's row section just gives this team a tremendous boost moving forward.
Moj, I wanted to ask you a little about the Canucks and your latest column focused on the practice uh, and practice habits and, you know, how Rick Tockett approaches practice and a lot of interesting stuff in there. One of the things that stood out to me is just, you know, you list out all of the coaches or a lot of the coaches that Rick Tockett played for in his career. And it's a pretty incredible na- list of names, right? Scotty Bowman, Mike Keenan, Larry Robinson, Ken Hitchcock, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the best coaches of all time in there. What stands out to you? What stood out to you, you know, asking Tockett and, and talking to him for this column about how he approaches practice and uses it for the Canucks? Well, I think probably the biggest thing is how much he enjoys it, mm. right? Like, I mean, he really loves the process. He's, he's a junkie, right? Um, you know, in the piece, I, I pointed out the fact that, you know, he went to the Steelers practices and he watched, you know, Mike yep. Kimlin and his organization. He's, he sat down with Ray Lewis over cigars. He was, I guess Lewis was buddies with Ty Domi. And, Ty kind of set up and they sat down over cigars and they just talked about, you know, practice and football and how Ray Lewis approached things. You know, he talked about reading Tom Brady's book. He's just a junkie. And, you know, Thomas, you've been to press conferences or media, I should say, media availability sessions mm. this year where <laughs> talk it will explain something and somebody asked him, well, can you define that? And then he's kind of grabbing guys after the session. He's saying, well, this is what we're doing here, right? Like he loves even teaching the media sometimes in terms of concepts and what he is doing and how he likes to define things. He's just, I think that's probably the biggest thing that stood out was just how much he enjoys the process. Uh, it's pretty incredible. You, you know, as you mentioned, not just the hockey influences there, but like talking to Mike Tomlin and, uh, and Ray Lewis and going out of his way is, is he's a hockey junkie. He just seems like a sports junkie in general as well, as well. Moj. Well, it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that, you know, it, it, a lot of stuff carries over from sport to sport. Yeah. And I'll give you an example that we talked about during the interview, right? So we talked about the, the, how you balance tempo versus teaching and practice. Now, you want to have tempo. You want to have fast, quick practices. But at the same time, you don't want to stop practice all the time to go over a point or correct mistakes or correct how someone's doing a drill because that takes away from the tempo. So one of the things that I noticed with the Lions this year when they run their practices and they are fast-paced and a lot of tempo is that it forces players to communicate with one another. And I talked about that point like with the secondary, right? So if you're running a fast-paced practice, Ryan Phillips can't stop the practice and you know tell the DBs you got to do this, this, and this in situation. But what it does, it forces those DBs, say, maybe a corner on a halfback on one side to communicate with one another during the course of practice and saying, Hey, if they do this, you've got to do this, or I've got to do, you know what I mean? There's communication there. And I pointed out to talk and talk. It was, yeah, we do this. We're, we're trying to do the same in hockey. And, and that is like, you know, if there's a drill and the guys get back to the bench in that 32nd time frame, a coach or a player, they're talking to one another, they're communicating. He says, so a lot, a lot of the stuff that you see in various sports does translate over Right. So it's interesting how Taka has really taken um, time to to explore other sports and to try to learn from other sports. Moj, it is a, an Ask Us Anything Friday here on the show. I know Love it's your, it. your favorite segment that they do on the show. Uh, so we'll ask you one. This is from Colin and Tawasin. Holidays coming up here. He says, for the Moj, what is your ideal Christmas dinner? Oh, got to have turkey. Yeah. Like, I mean... You know, I know a lot of people like the ham thing, and I guess it's a little easier. The turkey, um, it's got to have, you got to have stuffing, right? Like, you have to have really good stuffing. Potatoes, cranberry sauce, gravy, 
and here's the kicker, and I know this is the controversial one. This goes okay. all the way back to Tony Gallagher that I said, Brussels sprouts. I'm a, I'm a big Brussels I think, sprouts guy. I think Brussels sprouts. They've had the moment. Yeah, no, they've like I think we've we've gotten better as a society at cooking them. I think they're way better now than they were 30 years ago. Yeah, they used to just be boiled. Yeah, and now they're like cooked in bacon fat. You and crisp them up. You get some bacon on there. It's great. <laughs> the uh, the the new one, Moj. Uh, I'm hearing cabbage is in. That's what I've been told. Cabbage is in this season. What what what's your well, take on like cabbage Brussels being in? Brussels sprouts <laughs> on steroids, right? So, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I mean I, I love cabbage too. Like, yeah, me too. The thing is too with cabbage um, of my Serbian descent. That's something that my mom, mm. for whatever reason, is like a big stable. It's like cabbage rolls, like yep. you know, oh, cabbage yeah. this, whatever, right? So. Yeah, cabbage. Uh, I wouldn't have any qualms with cabbage. I love cabbage. You know what cabbage is really good with? Yeah, what? You're doing tacos. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. essential. Yeah. Essential. Yeah. I also, I also, think... also like with pulled pork or something, you, uh, and you you yep. slice it up and crisp it up a little bit, or um, yep. or just like pickle it, quick pickle it of any kind, and then do it with like Greek, like Greek salad with some pickled ca- cabbage on it. Trust me, boys. Unreal. Unreal. There's actually like this Serbian dish. It's it's coleslaw, right? So just yeah. Getting, okay. I'm telling you how simple this is, right? If you look it up, I think it's like you just shred your cabbage, two parts water, two parts oil, one part vinegar. Mm. In terms of simple, like two teaspoons, two teaspoons, two teaspoons, one teaspoon, right? It's like a combo of those three. Oh, during the summer, you will not have a better coleslaw, and that's how simple it is. It's just like two parts water, two parts oil, one part vinegar, and that's it. Can we really quickly talk about the Serbian condiment that's basically like butter mixed with cream cheese? You know what I'm talking about? The one they put on the little meat pellets? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. What? I'm not a big fan of cheese. No. You're not a big fan of Serbian condiments. It's like, I love having my chevap, mm-hmm. which are these like little cigar-shaped um Cigar shaped meat. Yeah, unreal. Rolls, I guess. And you don't have them you with that the cheese cheva. thing? You want the best cheva up and you're in Burnaby, go to a place called Jovo the Butcher on Edmonds. They have the best cheva up. Now, the other thing that you talk about Serbian I, I do want cheva. And if you haven't had it, Jamie, Jamie's shaking his head. He's like, what's no, what, is, what are we talking no, about? No, no, I'm not shaking my head for that reason. I'm like, we've got a coleslaw recipe. We've got the, was it cheva recommendation? Yeah, now. The this is a full service hit with you okay, both. I'm then, really enjoying it. Have, the way you have cheva up, you put it on this bread. It's a special bread called lapina, mm. right? And it's and like it, crescent. It's so good, dude. Yeah, and it's, it's right next door to Jovo the Butcher. There's a little bakery there that makes lapina. Perfect. It's really convenient if you're in Burnaby. But here's the Serbian condiment that's really like top of the top of the list when you have cheva. Ivar. Have you ever had Ivar? I have not had Ivar. I have Ivar never had Ivar. It's like a red relish. It's like a red pepper relish. Right. Yep. Basically, that's what it is. It's a red pepper Roasted relish. red pepper sauce, and yeah. Perfect, and it's perfect. outstanding with that meat. So there you go. And then he's throwing like, you know, this, the other Serbian staple is, is onion, right? I mean, for whatever reason, onions with everything. Moj, you do hockey, Man, you do football. I see like a Serbian cookbook in your future I, I, here as I, well. This I, is incredible. I know, but, he, but, he's, but he's low on, how do you say it? Kashmak? <laughs> How do you say it, Moj? Say it for me so I don't say it wrong again in public. Oh no, it's not cashback. It's uh, oh geez, I'm trying to remember. It's uh, you know what? Uh, to be honest, it's, it's I'm just drawing a, a blank right now, and I can't remember it. But it will come to me eventually. Yeah. Well, okay, fair enough. At some point, I'll figure out how to say cashback. But that stuff is gold.
with your shovel. No, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay. But stick with that. <laughs> Moj, appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for doing these hits. Have a great Christmas. Enjoy the turkey, the stuffing, and the Brussels sprouts. And uh, we'll talk in the new year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, guys! And for all you Canucks fans, Elias Patterson is not a bum. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Very well said. Merry Christmas, Very well Moj. Said. Thank you. Um, the one text in the inbox that's just like meat pellets. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, that, that got me too. I'm not sure if I've ever had a meat pellet. <laughs> it's like do we call? I usually call them meatballs. They're I like yeah. they're like little sausages. They're not ball shaped, so I wouldn't call them a meatball. Yeah, but anyway. they're so they're just like tiny sausages. I'd call them more like meat pellets. <laughs> I said what I Wait, said. What do you mean like, cock- like cocktail wieners? Like, is that what you mean when you yeah, say that's kind of, what I'm thinking? It's yeah. kind of in the shape yeah. of a cocktail wiener, but with the makeup of like a, a meatball kind of. I, I need a okay. meat pellet machine. I'm telling you, these things are. A, button, un- a bunch of meat pellets just fall out? Unreal. And they're bowl out. Oh, yeah. Please, sir. The meat pellets. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> My family is starving. Hey, do we need to refill the meat pellet dispenser? <laughs> Listen. I'm not trying to be a gerbil here. But their pellet percentage is first in the league. <laughs> uh, by the way, by the way, Moj on Sportsman 650 brought to you by the Clayton Public House, your home of football every game day. Catch all the action on 15 screens and two giant projectors. Uh, somebody says Brussels sprouts are disgusting. So bad. I'm telling you, they're good now. Brussels sprouts are good now. Brussels sprouts are when I was a kid. Now. No, you don't want them on your Christmas plate. Totally agree. Now. They're well, good. When they're like it's boiled. It's a credit to us as a society that we figured it out. Well, we figured out lots of things. I mean, they used to boil everything, and then we still boiled leafy greens when we were growing up, and now we cook leafy greens in all sorts of creative ways. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, okay, we got to go because uh, Rick Dollywall is going to join us, but we still have a chance to, uh, to, to, you still have a chance to get your Ask Us Anything questions in because we're giving away a gift card to Kymac. AJ's Pizza. Kymac. Sure. That's how it's pronounced. Thank you, guys. Yeah, lots of people texting in. <laughs> I didn't know we had so many Kymac fans. Meat tater tots. That's how Anthony from North Vans describes them. That's dead on. We should go before I keep talking about cheese. <laughs> Avoid talking to Dolly, my guy. Uh, somebody else says uh, he's pretty sure Brussels sprouts have been selectively bred or grown or whatever to taste better over the past 30 years. Well, if that's the case, then shout out to us. That's also a big achievement of society. Good job, everybody. We did it. We made them good. Uh, anyways, Rick Dollywall is coming up next here on Sportsnet 650.